Um, so when you take someone, especially from the CIA perspective, because listen, you know and I know that every president that has ever gone into the office has asked about UFOs. And obviously there's one rumor that it cost him his life with JFK. Right. So the, 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 the people that came in, even when Trump was in office and they asked him about UFOs, Trump just went along with, I don't believe in it. Tom just said that, so that, that blew it off. He didn't have to say anything didn't else. Didn't he say something else? Didn't he say like, "Oh, there's some interesting, there's some interesting things going on"? Or he's. I mean, he may have. I actually heard him when he just said, "I don't, I don't buy it." Really? I don't buy it. Okay. He just and that blew the. I mean, literally, like, okay, next question. Yeah. There wasn't any like, "Were you going to look into it? Are we going to open files up?" Yeah, he's mm-hmm. like, "I'm not buying it. Not I'm interested. Not, nah, not at all. No, he's not the type of guy. Nah. But again, I think that you know he's a businessman. I think wherever your interests kind of lie. How can know, I make money off aliens? That, that's exactly boring. Right. Bingo. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it does nothing for yeah. me. So, you know, you take into consideration that he really wasn't pushing to have any information released other than what took place here, like I say, in the last probably five or six months hmm. with the, uh, the Pentagon now saying they're going to release this information, which they need to do. They should have done it before now. And um, it's going to open the eyes, I think, of a lot of people. There'll still be the people out there that are still going to be hesitant to believe. But um, obviously, humanity's changing. We're 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 growing. I don't know if it's in a in a in a good way or a bad way. Right now, the politicians have figured out a way to make us all hate each other. Mm-hmm. So nobody, it's not an open. The politicians and the media. They did. They have. They've done a great job at, at making us just despise each other. When when you know you look at some of the interesting things that are going on, I'd rather have a conversation about what I see in the sky tonight than, rather than you know hating somebody in another country because they don't like our politics. Right. So it's, I want to keep that door open. You know, again, I like to talk to other countries and figure out, hey, what are you guys seeing over there? Is, this, is it real? I mean, um, you know, when we talked about um, uh, Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, um, and that, that incident that took place with the UFO crash there. Yeah, that's what we talked about on the last podcast you yeah. came in on. Yeah. And um, they found more and more information out. Now there's more information on YouTube that's about it, about it. They were able to move the vehicle, though, after it crashed. There's nothing there now, but there was definitely something that crashed there. Um, Brazil has a long, long history with UFOs and extraterrestrials. Yeah, I've seen a lot of things on TV and a lot of things on the internet about about UFOs and and like aliens and stuff in Brazil, which is crazy because you know the day you don't I don't think about them being there, but you know when you talk to they would go over and they would interview some of these people and talk about their experiences. Um, you know, it's one thing to, to sit there and, and make up a story. It's another thing to, while you're telling a story, to be absolutely terrified out of your mind. And I, in, in my eyes, looking at some of the folks that are telling the stories, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like they're lying. It doesn't seem like it's a fake story. Um, and then, like I say, when you take into consideration uh, different politicians that are getting involved now, for me, again, was more interesting. I told you when we went through this thing to figure out what had crashed in Brazil, I've got some friends of mine here that are former police officers from there who deal with a group called BOPE. Oh, yeah. And they're the guys that actually confirmed it for us. So it wasn't a, you know, sort of, hey, we think we've got something crashed here. They confirmed it. Hey, no, we got a crashed vehicle here, dude. And it's not from any place we know. And, oh, by the way, America's here also helping us out. So, And this, who, who was the dude from BOPE who you talked to? Um, this is a group here in Florida. I'm a little adamant to even bring the guy's name up. Um, one, of, one of the guys was one of my little CIA buddies I was telling you about earlier. Okay. Um, they came. They moved here to this country about five years ago after they retired, and the reason they did that from Brazil. From Brazil, okay. Um, I mean, uh, I 
think the last, before they moved here, one of the guys had killed 11 people in his neighborhood. Jesus. So when they came here, we do a thing every year called Sniper Craft here, and they came down and would participate. They always took first place. They were guys were very accomplished shooters across the board. Sniper competition? It was a sniper competition called Sniper Craft here in, in uh, Central Florida. And um, they would come down every year for that. So I got to know these guys really, really well. These aren't, these aren't UFO guys. These, aren't, these are all kind of meat-eater, knuckle-draggers. Um, knuckle-dragger, meatheads. Yeah, dude, they're, I mean, they're special Shooters. operations. Yeah, yeah. completely. Um, matter of fact, they initially, when they won here, they won the event. Um, the State Department, because he had killed 11 people, wanted more information on him, thinking maybe he's a terrorist or coming from some sort of other background other than a law enforcement background. How does he, what is he like? What, does he tell everybody he killed 11 people or is that like a, is that like a, like a. I, no, I mean, it, listen, it's just a reality of what it is. Um, and his wife. When I went over there, his wife was actually wearing a gun as she was vacuuming the house. And I, I kind of made a joke like, hey, what's that all about? And she goes, uh, How did he get away with killing 11 people, by the way? Well, I mean, he's first of all, he's a police officer. Okay. They so, have no, there so, are no civil rights in Brazil. Right. So they give you an order, and if you don't pay attention, they shoot so, you instantly. So he's a police officer in Brazil. So every person he killed was documented somehow. Oh yeah, it's not just him being like, "Yo, bro." No, 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 no. It's 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 it's, it's, it's documented. It's in the middle of his job. Yeah, okay, of what's going right, on? Yeah, right, yeah, right, absolutely. Right. No, they, he's not like I say, just out killing people. He's not just bragging about it. Bingo, right? bingo. And and these are these are numbers that are necessary for us to know because when he comes into the U.S., the State Department wants to know who are you. Mm. Okay, why are you here? Because I can promise you, if the State Department gets in touch with Brazil and the authorities there, and they said, "Hey, we'd like to look at his record," and they went back and said, "Hey." You killed 31 people in the last six years. Why didn't you tell us that? So he just comes here and immediately volunteers that information because they're going to find that out and they're going to start asking questions as to why you didn't. So to get a green card here was tough for these guys because of that. They did extensive background on, on there's six of them that came here. They were afraid they were going to get killed in Brazil if they stayed there. That's why? how bad it is. Um, just because of all of the, the trouble. I mean, it's not, it's not your normal white-collar type, you know, uh, gangs that are marauding around he always had to worry about his wife getting killed being a cop in brazil is very correct dangerous. and 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 these guys just aren't cops the, the name of the group they're with is called gara they're actually a real high, high-end swat guys bope are above them they're more like special operations guys okay so they they are not liked they um, when, <laughs> when gara shows up bad things are about to go left real quick okay so when i started when i called those guys because when I first heard this rumor that this crash had happened in Rio de Janeiro, mm-hmm. um, I called one of my guys that had, was a retired captain out there. He didn't even know about it. He's like, no, I don't know. Dude, what? What are you talking about? I said, nothing, nothing. So when I called the other guys, and they actually called Bope, and I was told that Bope was the one that was actually the perimeter secure, making sure that nobody else was allowed to get near it. And they confirmed it. Oh, yeah, dude, we're, we're there now. We've got it surrounded, whatever it is. So it wasn't a wasn't a a maybe or a guess or maybe an airplane. It was some sort of craft that had come down. Now you know, dude, was it a satellite? I don't couldn't tell you that. Um, How fucking crazy does it have to be if you traveled all the way here from another from another universe and you're god you got you fucking crash your vehicle? Well, I mean, th- that was and listen, it's funny you say that because I was the same way. There was there was talk of what actually brought down the Roswell during that crash, and somebody said it was actually radar new radar they were using and actually brought it down. There's some now people today that are saying that's not true. What they did was they believed that every part of the world was given a piece of equipment to see how fast they could take it apart and figure out mm. what's making this thing really work. This way, 
if it's the aliens that are running the show, they'll really find out who the smart people are real quick. So do you base, you figure out, okay, these people are smart. These people aren't smart. Do we get rid of them now? Do we start a pandemic? Do we kill off this group right here? Do we, you know, the Black Plague, there were some discussions with regard to the Black Plague um, being uh, blood type specific. Sorry to interrupt, but this episode of the podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Ridge Wallet. For years, society has been shoving dumbass, awkward, bulgy George Costanza wallets down our throats, carrying around old receipts, pictures of their cats, and gift cards from 1999. Well, hold on to your hot dogs, folks. This fucking thing holds like 12 credit cards and even has room for your cash in the back. You can get a clip or they got like they make like a strap that goes on the back, which is really dope. And this thing is so goddamn rugged, it comes with a lifetime warranty. Ridge Wallet is so confident that you'll like their shit. They'll let you test drive it for 45 days and give you a full refund if you can't handle it. Don't be one of those fuckboys carrying around a big leather sack of potatoes in their back pocket. Get 10% off today with free worldwide shipping and returns by going to ridge.com slash concrete. That's ridge.com slash K-O-N-C-R-E-T-E and use the code concrete at checkout. Please don't be a fucking nerd. Get a Ridge Wallet today. Was it blood type specific? Well, that, that was the question. And they said because there has to have been studies it didn't on that. kill. Well, there was, there was nobody knew blood types back then. Okay, they didn't know there was an A, B, and O, and so they would, you know, they, they weren't transfusing blood. I don't even know when that was. But yeah, at what point? I'm sure I don't can even remember myself when it's when it came back. I want to say it was in the like 1910, 1912, when they started to realize there was some differences in the blood. Can you pull up like Black Plague Wikipedia? Yeah, that'd be so. That'd yeah, be so well, and so they started saying, so how come it didn't kill everybody? Why? And he goes, the guy that was kind of came up with, he goes, if you think a flea was jumping off rats and giving people the black plague. He goes, there was something else bigger going on. And whether these people weren't, hey, we figured out all this new, you know, this X-type blood that we're getting, these people aren't very smart. Let's just eliminate them and we'll make a, a disease that's specific to that. Because hmm. what's interesting with even with COVID, I've heard people say, oh, if you have type A. Well, that was in the beginning, right? They yeah, were talking about that. Type A blood. Certain type of blood types, you get fucked up by it and certain types, you're asymptomatic. You so it's, it's it, you They know, stopped talking about that, though, like in... March of last year. Right. I mean, so is it the people now, too, that I find interesting that are getting sick after they've had their shots? They go, oh, it's the COVID. I'm like, well, how do you know it wasn't the shot? Let's go back to Bope and Gara and then when that, that thing crashed. Oh, black the Black Death. Does it say? From 1346, it was occurring in Afro-Eurasia? Euro-Asia? From 1934, or from 1346 to 1353, the most fatal pandemic recorded in human history, causing deaths of 75 to 200 million people in Eurasia and North Africa. Why didn't it wipe out everybody? That's a lot of fucking people. 200 million. I didn't even think there was that many people. Okay, yeah, all in like uh, Western Europe. And Asia and top in the top of North Africa. Yeah, because I don't think we weren't really here. Yeah, 1346 to 1353. So did everybody start using PPE? Seven years. Did everybody start using PPE back then and all of a sudden it went away? 200 million people. But where'd it go? How does it just go away? How how didn't it wipe out everybody? Because back then, you weren't taking baths. You weren't, there was no hygiene. I mean, how many people could there have possibly been? In thirteen 
43. Well, I certainly didn't think if 200 it million. killed 200 million. There's what, 300 million in the U.S., something like that? Oh, yeah, right now, it's exactly, I think we're a little over that. But yeah, you're you're damn right. So that that in itself, it's a weird number. 200 million seems like everybody in 1300s. Would have been dead. So, you know, again, so is that specific? Are they trying to wipe certain groups out? You know, when you look at, when they went into the pyramids, I, went, I was in Egypt in 1983. And when I got to go into the pyramids. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was there. It was in Lebanon. What were you doing there? So I was with the Navy. Okay. So we, I was actually making a pass through. The, one of the groups I needed to train with was there. Um, it was for, I was becoming a gunner's mate. Mm-hmm. And so the guys I needed to train with were there. The, they closed the facility down in South America, so I ended up there. So I was there. I was like taking full advantage of, hey, let me go on and check everything out. Really? Really, oh, really so you cool. were into this shit way back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, again, when looking at the pyramids, dude, when you're there looking at them and you're like, dude. Is that what sparked this whole what, thing for you? I think was it, it was it before you went there. You no, there. I, I've always had a thing for extraterrestrials. I'll, I'll tell you a story I haven't really told anybody before, except maybe my wife. <laughs> I was thirteen, man. We were living here in Florida, and um, I got woke up one night, and something was in my room with me. And it was actually more than one. It was five or six. Of these little things were in the room that they had put my raincoat on, and were dancing around the room, scared the bejesus out of me. And I, the strange thing was that I wanted to yell for my mom. I don't know why I wanted to scream for my mom, but I could not talk. I was absolutely. Uh, stunned dude I was petrified first of all the fact that these things were in my room doing what they were doing I've never had a nightmare in my life other than that one and I dude I was 13 here I am I'm almost 60 now and still talking about it so whatever it was that, that happened that night in my room was not just a nightmare it was there was something in my room and it was they were like all head very short big heads but not not big round heads like almost like a log a and log? like a log they like were, a vertical log, like a vertical log. They were very had a long head, but it was again like a log, like the like the aliens you see on TV. No, they weren't like they were doing nothing like that at all, bro. There was no no you know big like head, big, big eyes. eyes, none of that. These were very short, maybe five feet tall, and kind of clumsy looking. Walk kind of clumsy, and but had these massive heads that were kind of round. Probably you know I don't know what that that thirty six inches around, but short. Mm-hmm. Not like your typical alien. I really didn't know about aliens, and I mean, and I really wasn't afraid of you ghosts. Were Thirteen, yeah. I, I, so it wasn't like I was afraid of anything in my room. I really had never had experiences like that before. And whatever this came in my room, dude, like I say, changed me forever. As far as you know, making me think I'm safe or I'm not safe, or you know, what's good or what's bad or what's evil, what's not. And so I started to look at things like, well, there's obviously something bigger going on here. What were these? So you just woke up randomly and you saw these? Do they were in my room? Shapes, these uh, yep. things. They were dancing around my bed. Shadowy things. They weren't so much shadowy as they they were um, short and very small. Like I said, you know, maybe five foot tall, four and a half foot tall. Was there a color to them or anything? Like you know, it was dark in the room, so I really couldn't tell. Other than one had, and again, this sounds so ridiculous, but one of them picked up my raincoat and put it on. Your raincoat. I had a raincoat that was on the back of a chair. And he put on the raincoat and was kind of dancing around my bed in it. Kind of almost like, look, I'm scaring you. You know, I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're terrifying the shit out of me. Yeah. But again, dude, it's, it's strange because, like I say, here I am. This, this How long did it last for? Uh, you know, dude, it, it seemed like minutes, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, I don't remember what I did the next day. I don't remember if I told my mom about it. I don't remember if, you know, but I, I, the fact that it happened, like I say, I've never been that terrorized before in my life ever. I mean, I've never had a terror. I've never had a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So to still remember that today, and you know, listen, was this a UFO event? I don't, I don't know, but it was certainly something odd. It was definitely something paranormal for sure. Mm. Um, I don't see things, you know, today at my age, like oh, you know, I, 
I saw things around the house today. So it's not like one of those events. Mm-hmm. And um, along with other, obviously other things that I've seen that make you go, wait a minute. What, what is, how come I'm looking at this? Coming home one day, I saw something uh, at the top of a radio tower. Matter of fact, if you're going over the Ganey Bridge here in Tampa towards McDill, and there was something at the top of the tower, and it was massive, and it looked like a football, but it was gray. And what was interesting was that the cord that was attached at the top had slack in it. Uh, this tower is about 500 feet tall. The tower's still there. Mm-hmm. It's about 500 feet tall. I know that 500 feet above the ground, dude, the wind is blowing pretty good. So to have slack between the rope, between the tip of the tower, and whatever this thing was that was floating up there, was odd. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at it coming over the Howard Franklin Bridge. I stared. I'm thinking, this is 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Everybody can see that. Right. It's not like I'm the only guy that's seeing this. Doesn't anybody else want to know what the hell it was? Well, I kind of did what everybody else did. I, I played it off and drove home. But I couldn't get it off my mind. I kept thinking, what was that? Mm-hmm. So here we are. This is, I don't know, 12 years later now, 13 years later. Mm-hmm. And they have built, in that time, they built a condominium there. Now, I could never tell how big this thing was at the top of the tower when I saw it. I just guesstimated how big it was. They built a 10-story condominium complex. And what I realized was this thing was as big as that 10-story condominium complex that I can still see as you're coming over the Howard Franklin Bridge. So I can see the tower. The thing that was above the tower? That was above the tower was as big as a 10-story building. Which is, it's free. I mean, it's, doesn't that sound crazy? Yeah. It sounds, I have, a, I'll have, when you come over to, sometime I'll show it to you. I actually have a drawing of it. It was so impressive. Really? I did a drawing of it because I didn't want to forget what I saw. Mm. I even went to the, to the facility where this is. Now there's a big gate around it. There's a, you know, you have to press a button to talk to somebody. Probably about three weeks later because I was still thinking about it. So I pressed the button and the guy's like, uh, yeah, all the deliveries are around back. I said, no, listen, I just have a question. This, what do you guys do here? And he's like, uh, sir, you want to do me a favor? Get away from the fence. Where was this? This is at that facility right there off Gandhi. Oh, really? Dude, I was three weeks later, I was still thinking about it. I'm like, you find out what this facility did? Ever? I have no idea what they do, bro. Is I it have, still there? It's still there. It's it's massive. It's massive. Whatever they do. On this side of the Gandhi? It's on this side of the Gandhi. It's the only 500-foot tower there. There's two other towers that are right down by the by the beginning of the bridge as you're going towards McDill. Yeah. This is before that. Still there. You'll see the facility to the right. It's got a huge fence around it. There's all kinds of cables. And they're using lots of power. Hmm. But I have no idea. And the guy just basically, went, I said, listen, I saw something at the top of your tower here about three weeks ago. And I, I could tell the way the guy was talking to me. He's like, look, you're a nut. Get away from my, yeah. <laughs> get away. <laughs> so, like I said, this was four o'clock in the afternoon. So I know that people had to have seen this. There's no way they could not have seen this. Mm-hmm. And yet, whether it was just kind of hiding in plain sight, you know, those were the things that sparked my interest because I'm going, what is it I'm looking at? Yeah. Why isn't anybody else doing the same thing going, mm-hmm. what is that? You know, the same thing when, when we saw that, that ball or whatever it was in the video. I saw it with my peripheral vision. Yeah. What is it? So I, I, you, you scratch your head. You try to make heads or tails of it. Again, when I was in, in Egypt, one of the things I asked the guy, I'm like, hey, man, let me ask you a question. How did they carve all this stuff in here? And he goes, oh, well, we're, you know, we're still kind of addressing it. No, no, I mean, there's no lights. How, how, what did they use? Be, and if you did brought, you go inside the pyramids? We went inside the pyramids. Did you? And what was really cool about it was because the guy started telling us about the lack of oxygen in there. Right. So you couldn't, you couldn't burn fire in there then because you'd burn up all the oxygen. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing was, believe it or not, I mean, it smelled like urine. Really? Like, I'm like, hey, dude, why does it smell like pee in here? Because a lot of the workers that are working here don't want to walk all the way out so they pee inside the, the pyramid. He goes, you're looking into an area where most of the, most people don't get to go. 
Wow. Which is very cool because we were military guys, and he just thought, hey, if you go to, we, we also right. paid him for this. So it was very, very cool. But again, so you're, you're looking at this, these 80 to 100-foot walls that are, dude, smooth. They go together. You can't get a credit card in between them. And yet there's no power. It's not like a plug. You weren't in there, you know, figuring out, oh, this is how I'm going to, you know, carve this out in the dark. Right. Um, and then, then, like I say, if you throw all the, the other things that go into it, the, the elongated skulls that um, uh, some of the emperors and the, and the priests had within uh, the Egyptian family, um, and they're trying to say, well, they did that through binding, where they actually bound their heads and made the skull long. Right. He goes, okay, let's just say they did that. Why did they do that? They're trying to emulate something. Mm. And they said, if you look at these long, elongated skulls, they found three of them in Peru. The skulls are 40% larger. They're 25% heavier. And they've got no, it's called a sarcasm line that runs down the center of, the, of every- Sarcasm? Human, sarcasm line. And it runs through the top of the skull. And it basically, when you're, when you're an infant, it's a soft spot so that your head comes together and it forms- Right. There's, like a, the there's like a T-joint there. Bingo. Well, every human has that. These skulls, they found, do not have that. They also don't have any mitochondria DNA, which, again, is huge. You would think that everybody would know that. I think, at least, it's huge. That yeah. It's, that, that proves to you right there, these are not human skulls. They're, they're called the uh, uh, Maraca skulls. Maraca skulls. Maraca skulls. Or maybe it's the Paracas. The Paracas skulls. Could it have been, like, some sort of animal, maybe? Well, I mean, now you just said that. Some guys are asking if these maybe they were Bigfoots. Oh, really? Because of the, of the shape of the skulls. Oh, my God. Again, a whole subject heading to the whole UFO thing. Well, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about Elon saying he has never seen or doesn't even believe that UFO? He's never seen any kind of UFO. He's never had any kind of any kind of hint of alien beings. And he's the guy that's fucking scouring the heavens. <laughs> hey, I think that there's a lot of people out there that haven't seen him. Um, if you're not looking for him, if it's not something you're interested in, I don't think you're going to see him. Right. You know, now whether he's interested in that or not. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. Is, is, do you think it's only, oh, look at that. Dude, there they are. Shit. There they are, dude. Look at that fucking thing. Dude, they're 40% bigger and 25% heavier. What's that thing called? Go to the top. Ancient. Peruvian. Peruvians gave themselves elongated skulls as a mark of status. Many heads from pre-Inca societies are teardrop-shaped, the result of infants' heads being bound while they are forming. Wow. You can see on top it does have those cracks in it. Now this now this skull does. If you go through, put it in uh, Paracas UFO skulls. See if that pulls up. Paracas? Paracas. How do you spell that? Mm. P-E-R-A-C-U-S maybe? Yeah. Because those skulls, uh, the lines aren't in that skull. For, for, for people out there who are uh, just listening, we're looking at a picture of this. Old, uh, by the way, we got a bitchin' new TV in the podcast studio, so make sure you tune into the video looks version great. because we can see everything now. Yeah, it looks It's all great. visual. So when you start seeing this kind of stuff here that goes on, when you start looking at, again, a lot of the um, Egyptologists now are starting to turn and look at a lot of the information now. You know, we talked about the Anunnaki earlier, and the Anunnaki and the Sumerians were the two that were working hand in hand. And when you look at the Sumerians, um, they're an interesting group because they were. Uh, Who are the Sumerians? The Sumerians are really one of the first civilizations ever on the planet recorded history. Really? Um, and they are um, 
responsible for the Anunnaki being here. And they worked hand in hand again to go back and to, to gather all this gold up. I, one of the things I always was interesting when I was in South America, I was obviously doing drug interdiction then. And all, they used to talk about all the gold they had there. Well, where did it all go? Who got it all? And why aren't they still there looking for it today? There was so much gold hmm. that was throughout South America because no one seems to be looking for it other than, you know, when they find these new uh, locations now yeah. where they think that um, uh, the Maya may have lived. Um, they're now using these new, um, uh, shoot, what they're called. They can actually fly over now, and it takes off the first layer of trees and lets them see right down to the ground. What? Yeah. This they is fly a thing? Over this is a thing now. They can actually fly over it. Um, I can't believe I can't think of the name of it. Give me a second here. I'll think of it. But they actually can, it's like um, taking pictures, and as they fly over it, it removes all of the overbrush. So you can now see buildings, and they can see cities, and they see courtways and roads that they could never see before. And they found like 42 more pyramids. South America has more pyramids, believe it or not, than, than Egypt has. Right. And Mexico too, yeah. right? Bingo. <clears throat> Bingo. So they're now finding all these places. And again, they all have some sort of astrological uh, meaning. There's Everything is you know, facing yeah. a certain way or has a hole where the sun shines through at certain periods of time. Yeah. Well, that I mean, back then before electricity, you know, the stars and the sun and the moon must have had so much more and so much more of an impact on people. Well, look at even today. Look at look at our look at our Sagittarius and our Capricorns, and you know we're still looking all into our horoscopes. Yeah, and, yeah, we still are obsessed with it. You know, we are. Everybody's just obsessed with it. I mean, the, the, dude, when you really think about it, and and you think about how this, the Mayans were the only group that were able to figure out that the Earth has a wobble. Yeah, that's fucking wild. I mean, come on, man. How do you figure that out? And without somebody helping you to understand there's a wobble, nobody else picked up on it. I mean, and I don't think that the Mayans were that smart. They're not obviously um, rocket scientists, you know. So, mm. so was someone there with them helping them through this uh, time? Fingerprints of the Gods. That's the name of the book. Fingerprints. By Graham Hancock yes. that basically yes. told me about all this stuff. Yes. I, now you, I remember that, that guy's dedicated his life to this stuff. Completely. Yeah. Completely. And listen, there's, there's, I'm trying to think of there's another guy that when he first came out with this, um, people thought he was nuts. What is this guy? He's a little foreign guy. I'm thinking of his name now. But he, he came out initially and wrote a book, uh, The Gods. Ladders of the Gods. Anyway, he came out and said that this all started at that particular point in time with aliens, with extraterrestrial beings. And that's how the life is set up. That's, we've, that's what we've always been a part of. Nobody can tell us why, though. I want to know why. Is, you know, again, are we just a, a bug here that's producing carbon dioxide for the planet? Is there a bigger picture for us? I mean, we're so mm-hmm. interested in killing each other and, and doing harm to each other. And again, I don't know if that's part of the bigger plan. Um, Isn't that crazy, though? You know, carbon dioxide, you know, all the carbon dioxide is supposed to be so bad, but it's it's really f- giving life to all the trees and plants and and. The tree is all the vegetation, dude. The tree is the most important element on the planet. It absolutely does everything we need to do. You can build with it, and it can keep you warm. And there's not another product on the planet that does that for you. Mm. I mean, you know, other than some brush and whatnot. But if you're if you're truly looking at trees for what they are, um, if you look at the onslaught of trees throughout, especially through South America, they're they're, oh, yeah. they're clear cutting the forest down. So now are these aliens, these, these visitors, are they watching that? You know, is that why Brazil all of a sudden has this onslaught of, of craft? You guys, Whoa, now you're connecting some serious dots here. You see what I'm saying? You're, so you're damaging the planet, but well, we're not going to let you damage the planet. The same thing with, with uh, as we test nuclear devices, 
There's well, yeah. There's a book called uh, UFOs and Nukes that a guy named Robert Hastings. I've been trying to get him on here, but he's he's not in good health right now and he can't travel. But no, bummer. Um, he did that whole book, basically, you know, studying and detailing all the events of UFO sightings mm-hmm. over the nuclear bases, mm-hmm. shutting down the nuclear bases, completely shutting them down, and not and these guys not knowing what to do. Um, they actually have had uh, and it's called Bentwaters in England, where um, they, had a, they didn't have a crash. They had one land, and the commanding officer who was at a Christmas party was actually. This was the second night they had the event. The first night they had it, they told they reported it. All the, the uh, security personnel; these are all military guys, all well-trained military guys on a nuclear facility. I might, I might add. So mm-hmm. this is this, this is an everyday guys. They saw it that night. They reported it, but they didn't want to say really what they thought it was. They just thought it was some sort of down vehicle, down aircraft. Yeah. The next night it came back, they went there to go get him and actually brought him back. And they, these guys actually touched it, put their hands on it. Um, one of the other sergeants actually saw it fly above the area where these, he said, we can't tell you if there's actually nuclear devices there, but it flew over this one bay, dropped a laser down, went through the roof and into the actual facility, didn't detonate anything, but rendered that, that bomb that was in there useless for 24 hours. We couldn't use it for, for that period of time. We don't know what he, what they did to it or how they did it. So, again, we were looking at military guys who aren't trying to start a story. They were trying to protect a base mm-hmm. um, and not able to do it. So, and, and now, if you go back and start doing a research on it, every nuclear base has had some sort of extraterrestrial. So, again, are we back to the, listen, we're going to watch what you guys do to the planet. We can't have you testing this stuff. Yeah. It's not good for the planet. It's, you know, bad mojo. Have you ever heard of uh, Have you ever heard of Atomic Veterans? I have not. So I forget, I forget what it was called, but it was during that period of time where, uh, over in I believe England, as well as here in the U.S., they would uh, they would recruit young young military kids, like kids like eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. They would recruit them. They would put them on on uh, like combat vessels, like like. Um, like aircraft carriers or some some shit like that, some sort of ships. They would bring them out into the ocean, and they were testing nukes, and they were using, you know, U.S. military kids that had enlisted in the military, like as young as eighteen years old, putting them on these ships, and they were testing nukes. And basically, what they would do is before they would detonate the nuke into the ocean, they would make everyone face the other way, and they would tell everyone to cover their eyes, and there was a lot of people who were a part of this testing and it fucked them all up for life. Mm. Like lots of them got cancer and died. Majority of them could never have kids. They all explained vividly like what it was like, how like they had to take off all their clothes after and like dispose of all their clothes. A lot of them started losing their teeth. Wow. Um, they like when the thing detonated, they described seeing all like even though their eyes were closed and they had their hands over their eyes facing the opposite way all could account for seeing even though their eyes were closed they saw the skeleton of their bones in their hands mm-hmm. when it happened mm-hmm. and it fucked these people up some of them are still alive and they've done interviews with these guys i just watched an interview that this kid did where he he uh it was a documentary he did where he interviewed probably a dozen of these guys and it is the most terrifying fucking thing well here's the strange part about that on every aircraft carrier that I was ever on, they talk about what happens if a nuke detonates under the boat and what you're supposed to do. 
Oh, really? So that's, and they, that obviously confirms what you're saying because they know what to do because they've already done it and they right. understand what happens because the, what initially happens to the bottom of the ship is the, the floors buckle. If your feet are touching the floor, you're probably going to get killed because the way that the ship comes up, the ground up comes up so quick that uh, it would shatter the bones in your body. So you, they say, tell you to grab the, the uh, oh, superstructure yeah. above you and get your feet off the deck. Fuck. So that, that make, would make perfect sense. But again, listen, when you're in the military, you're expendable. And you're part of the deal. We took shots before going well, these, to Spain. They were detonating, detonating these nukes like 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 probably miles away from the ship. Sure, they were still doing that. I couldn't imagine what it would be like if a nuke detonated under them, under the ship, from like a sub or something. So, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous all the way around. To even think you would survive it, first of all, because no. we always kind of laugh. I'm like, what is that really going to be the biggest thing on our mind? Like, get your feet off the deck. Right, right. You know, a nuke's gone off underneath of us. I don't think <sighs> if we even heard the nuke, I'd be surprised. Right, right. So, when you, like I say, to see that go on, I mean, listen, even when I was on, I was on the USS Lexington, which was a tra- training uh, vessel. It actually still had a wooden deck, believe it or not, out of Pensacola, Florida. Hmm. And we would go out for six weeks and then come back in. And all of the pilots came from Corpus Christi, Texas. And so they would fly out there and meet us, and they would do all their landing ops, and we would train them how to land on boats. And so behind the ship one night, and I was standing back there, you ever, and they, they actually call it... Um, uh, uh, phytoplankton that would turn green and come out from the back bottom of the ship and these big green balls of light would get shot out of the bottom of the ship i'd be standing this had been the very rear of the ship called the fantail and i would stand back there at night when i was off and just kind of enjoy the evenings and these big green balls so now even today i'm like were those really <laughs> what were those i was looking at that were in there's the water? lots of bio bioluminescent sea life out and, especially far out in the gulf like that well I've and, seen. And, you, and you listen you've seen along the shoreline especially oh, yeah. on, like on heavy waves come in and you oh, see yeah. them, okay yep. so it was that color okay but these were big balls dude i mean like like three or four cars mm. you know if you put them all together and, and put a ball around that big they were oh, huge really? so it wasn't like a film at the top of the water it was something that was being shot almost like something was playing like in the in the uh in the the uh draft of the ship Hmm. And like I say, monster. I mean, this is an aircraft carrier, so it's, it gives you an idea. It's a big boat. I'm sure there were any guys like fishing, like dragging lines behind the boat, because so, <laughs> like, no, no. that's how you that's how you catch. Uh, what's it called? Um, I think it's swordfish, sailfish. Yeah, no, no, swordfish. Is at, it swordfish? Swordfish. You only you fish for it at night. Oh, and you drop uh, on your line when you're when you're fishing for them. You drop uh, these fucking night sticks. What are they called? The, oh, uh, the, glow in the, the glow in the yeah, dark glow sticks. In the, yeah. Yep. Now, we, we actually used to tie our clothes and put them on ropes and hang it over the side if we had to wash them sometimes because <laughs> they would they didn't have any fresh water on the boat. So they would say, hey, wash your clothes on the side. So. Oh, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound like a very good way to get your clothes clean. Not unless you like that salt water. Yeah, right. At least they were, didn't stink, so that was the plus side of it. How far out into the ocean or how how like far out far offshore did the boats go? Um, I mean, you wouldn't see shore. Right. You wouldn't see shore, so you'd be probably out in the middle of the Gulf. Okay. You know, and again, they were Especially trying to get, if planes were coming from Texas. Yeah, well, and they were, listen, they wanted to give the guys a full experience. So, you know, obviously, as a ship pitches and rolls, that's the hard part for the pilot coming into land. Mm. So, as the ship pitches and rolls and tries to do what it's doing, um, so they would put us in the deepest part of the water to try to get the ship to emulate that because we were a small aircraft carrier compared to what they were going to be landing on mm-hmm. once they made the fleet. So, right. you know, even again, going back and look at these guys that witnessed these, these UFOs throughout actually up and down the east coast of florida um they were all on there i think they were on the uss carl vincent and they did started you a video of that did you give us a video of that one too um the ones on the east coast i oh, no, no, no. that was the one with the that was the one that was on the on the uh the plane yeah radar. The, i think the one that the, the one that lieutenant gray saw was the gimbal i think there's, a, there's the some gimbal video on that. it's one, called yeah, the gimbal yeah and um um that was the one that uh a tip came out and said hey we're going to show you this one and we're going to show you the other one from uh 
uh, David uh, Fravor. Fravor. Yeah. So, and those guys have come out. I mean, full fledged. They they weren't. They've not been told. Hey, don't talk about this. He said we were never told not to discuss it. Mm. Um, and so here we are. We're we're having this discussion. Other than now that the Pentagon has said, hey, we have been dealing with crashed UFO material. They've come short of not saying aliens. They just said UFO. So it's unidentified, which mm. is could be anything at that point. Is it the Russians? They could be. You know, they think that they found a, one of their bells. It was called a, a Russian bell. Back in the '60s in Pennsylvania, what it was, was a it? big to do. Uh, you know, again, it was a, a bell. It was a like a bell, and uh, they said that it had um, hieroglyphics on the side of it, and that some people believed it was for uh, uh, time travel. Hmm. But they didn't know if it was from the Germans because the Germans, dude, the Germans were way ahead of everybody. But they came out. If you look at their technology, yeah. dude, they were way ahead of everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Um, they even say they even had it, uh, and they've got video of it, of an extraterrestrial craft or a UFO flying, that they're flying. The question is, is it real? And that was the, you know, that's always the question. It was, he goes, the guys go, well, it looks like it's kind of a heavily populated area. Why would you fly it in there? You know, it doesn't, doesn't make sense to where you would, but yet if the Americans got this at the time that they took, I think that we found the first um, jet engine there because the, the Germans had already developed a jet engine. And we hadn't done that yet. They did it first. They did it first. Yeah. They and they, you know the flying wing, the uh, like the B fifty, not the B fifty twos, the uh, the new bombers, the yeah. stealth bombers. Yeah. They already had that. We got that technology from them, from That's the Germans. Insane. They were way ahead of a game on that. So, um, even you know, there's people that talk about Hitler wanting the tall, you know, the blonde hair, blue eyed guys. Yeah. So if you look at the Americans, who uh, the um, Paul Hillier says from from Canada, he's the defense minister there. Paul Hillier. Paul Hillier. Uh-huh. He said that we were dealing with the tall whites. He said that? Oh, yeah. What does he mean by tall white? What that's, is this tall white thing? Well, supposedly these are very um, uh, very tall, very Anglo-looking, kind of um, Nordic mm-hmm. aliens. And uh, they've been dealing with them for the last 10 years. I've, I've actually heard of these before. And the current sitting defense minister of Canada. He's not no longer, the, he's no longer, he's not longer involved in politics. He's out of politics now. That's okay. why he'll come here and talk about it. It was part of the, part of, part of the project disclosure that came out. And he's the one who said, uh, UFOs are as real as the planes flying over your house. No doubt about it. And America's been dealing with the tall whites for the last 10 years. And who these tall whites were, I'm like, can you say that today? <laughs> really? Yeah. Can you? What's this guy's name? His name is Paul Hellyer. Can it's, you look at this guy? Yeah, it's H E L L Y E R. Paul. First Hellier. name Paul. And uh, yeah, he's the, he's the former Canadian uh, Minister of Defense. H E L L I E R. No, Y E R. Y E R. Hellyer. So he says America's been dealing with the tall whites, which are some sort of aliens, which are some sort of alien group. That says has anybody corroborated this? This claim? Well, I, I'm sure that they did the same thing. Even when I was watching it, that's him as a young man right there. He's an older guy now. Search like Paul Hillier, tall whites. Yeah, but, but Paul Paul Hillier project disclosure. But even as like I said, as we move forward, there's just, there's just all these stories cannot. The text is so small. I should have got a bigger TV. It's a great TV, by the way. Thank you. I just can't read the text. I mean, I can, but it's so small. When you take into consideration that guys like this who, he's not doing this for money. He's not looking for. How old is this guy? When was he born? He's probably in his 70s now. 
Yeah, I mean, he still seems relatively with it. He's uh, he's nineteen. He was forty in nineteen sixty nine. Visitors from outer space, real or not, are focus of discussion in Washington. Posted March 3rd, 2013. While President Obama was promoting an immigration overhaul in Mexico, six former members of Congress gathered two blocks from the White House to consider what they, uh, what they see as the enforced government security surrounding another kind of visitor, the kind who come from a lot farther away. Uh, I don't see anything about this guy. Check it out. What Look was his name again? Hellier? It was Paul Hellyer. Paul Hellyer. Yeah, H-E-L-L-Y-E-R. Keep going down. Because he was in on, he sat in on this when he was with this group. So I would be surprised he's not mentioned in there. Aha, that, there he is right is that there. Is him? No, Mike Gravel, nope. former senator. Nope, that's not him then. Kind of looks like him. Huh. Well, I don't know. But it's I've just never interesting heard about these tall whites. The, yeah, like I say, man, it's um, interesting. Well, and here recently, I just watched a show where they were talking about the moon. The moon's got some odd things about it. See if you can find anything about tall whites. Yeah, put um, put extraterrestrials. Just anything. Tall whites. Anything about tall whites. Anything that looks legit. It's not on like, you know. Well, the program I was watching last night, they showed how in 1964, they flew a lunar lander into the moon because they didn't know what the moon was made of. Right. They didn't know, hey, we're landing, it's just dust. Right. So they crashed a lunar lander in it and the, and the, and the moon rang, rang like a bell for like an hour, almost two hours. The moon rang, rang like a bell? like a bell. What? And they couldn't understand why that rang like a bell. Iran says... Tall white space aliens control America. There you go. Iran. Holy shit. But this is on Forbes? Documents leaked by the NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden conclusively prove the United States has been ruled by a race of tall white space aliens who also assisted the rise of Nazi Germany in the 1930s? These revelations about our alien overlords might not cost you any sleep, but that part, but the part that should concern you a tad is that the UFO story was just published by the FARS news agency, the English language news service of Iran, a nation that may be very close to acquiring nuclear weapons. This seems like this being a crazy conspiracy theory. Naturally, the Russians are behind it. The alleged alien invasion was revealed in an alleged report by the Russia's FSB spy agency, which was found incontroversible proof that the alien extraterrestrial intelligence agenda is driving U.S. domestic and international, and international policy and has been doing so since at least 1945, says the Iranian News Service. Oh. Hmm. I mean... Well, I mean, it doesn't say anything about that guy, though. No, no, like I say, no Paul Hillier. Snowden, who has been given asylum in Russia, leaked documents that are rare. Well, Snowden, what? Snowden, didn't Snowden say that he's, he actually said that he had, like, the most, most insane 
security clearance in the NSA, and he said he never saw anything about extraterrestrials. But now this is saying that he released documents that talk about extraterrestrials. Well, I, I think this goes on, too, with Snowden right now, because he's in Russia, so he's trying to make sure he stays in Russia. So as soon as he runs out of information to give them, I got a feeling he'll be back in the U.S. As soon as, they, as, soon as the Russians don't have any more use for him. So he'll continue to let, now again, whether, is this real? Uh, you know, is it something he's just pumping out sunshine up their ass to make them feel good about, hey, check this out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the tall white is a, this will not be the last time you've heard of them. Now, I didn't hear they were running the U.S., but it's interesting that the Iranians say they, that, that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, the Iranians have had many, many, many UFO uh, related incidents. Again, which there's some that are saying that the Middle East really has all the information that we need to figure out where we really came from, but they don't want us to find that, so we keep the wars going on there. I think maybe they just have better drugs than we do. <sighs> Man, I don't know. Or maybe they've been out of the desert for too long. Well, you know, of course, they, they sell more heroin. Exactly. <laughs> than any place they in the world. They got all the poppy there. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe that's what's going on at the end I of the day. I think it could be. But, you know, again, when you hear things like the tall whites, nobody's saying that they're tall white guys. They don't have another name for them. It's that tall white thing. And get, Why are they tall? Uh, they're big. They're big. They're supposed to be bigger than us. So, you know. Then, we, they, they, then they aren't flying those ships because those ships fit small little. little well, if you go back and look at Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar story, yeah. They said the cockpit of that ship was like tiny. But he also said there was no bathroom. There was no kitchen. Right. So they were humanoids. Were these, yeah, that was the that was the big question. Right. Where, he goes, are these today? He goes, if we could put a robot in something and fly it to Mars, he goes, we would do that. Right. We wouldn't want we wouldn't want to risk lives. Yeah. Right. So because I think it takes like even nine months to get there. I think too, the challenges are keeping your bones hard during that period of time because right. the bones get so soft. Right. 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 So yeah, you lose bone density when you're in space time. for so long. That's why the, that's why the astronauts they have to like work out. That's exact. You see that that. Run, the running treadmill typically on there yeah, trying to keep the bones hard. Down. Yeah, trying yeah. to keep the bones hard. So right. um, I think at the end of the day, when you start looking again at the bigger picture, we would have done that. We put aliens or, you, or, or robots into a craft and sent it someplace, mm-hmm. especially if they were that good. So right. I that makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, it kind of makes more sense because what would you eat? Right. Where would you go to the bathroom? Hmm. You know, where would you? So yeah, I, I ideally come up with something Long along those lines. Travel. Yeah. So and especially if you wanted it just to make sure that you're listening, we're just trying to keep tabs on the planet um i was watching a uh this is kind of getting off on a on a bigfoot story but i was watching a story where all these these uh, scientists had gotten together and they were in alaska and they were there just to get some video or, and these were again these were scientists these weren't you know people who were doing shows or they weren't looking to do a movie or strictly doing doing this for um the sake of trying to figure out what people are seeing and in the show, one of the scientists is in the, in the field and all of a sudden sees these lights that pop up above the trees. And so he's trying to see what they are while this is going on. And he's like, I'm not saying these are UFOs at all because that's not what we're out here to look at. We're out here to look at trying to find out if Bigfoot's real. Mm-hmm. But what is this thing they were looking at? And they watched it for probably 15 minutes. And it was just funny that they're out there chasing this, this animal around that they say is alive, Bigfoot, and that they happen to see one of these things. And, of course, that same night they see what they say is a Bigfoot. They actually get it on thermal camera. Did they really? And they were trying to figure out what they could just tell it was big. Yeah. And so they sent it off to a guy, and the guy said, dude, if you were in Africa, I'd tell you had a gorilla that looks just like a gorilla. Right. So that whole story kind of manifests itself into, again, back to the UFO thing. Are they here to monitor the planet? Mm. Because I can't think of why else they would be here. I mean, what would be the fascination so with us? Do you think the tall whites are Bigfoot? 
I mean, I would say no, because these are Nordic style, but who knows? Listen, Maybe they're wearing really... like a ghillie suit or something. <laughs> a big hairy ghillie suit. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, it's just strange, to, again, to think about that in the bigger picture, but there's so many things that, that are so outside of what we understand. Yeah. Um, when you talk to somebody who's seen a Bigfoot, dude, they, they're telling you they saw a Bigfoot. I'm not, you don't have to believe me. Not... So that story in itself is kind of, you know, unbelievable because we're, we're always told there's no monsters. There's nothing out there that's going to hurt you. Mm. And yet you have these events that take place, Look, the whole UFO thing. Nobody ever thought of, I can remember back as a kid and people tell me, you're nuts to even follow up with this crap. It's all a bunch of hooey. It's just not real. Mm-hmm. And here we are, you know, 45 years later on the cusp of finding something out through the well, Pentagon. What was the guy's name that bought Skinwalker Ranch? Uh, he actually, oh, I can't believe I can't think of this cat's name. Matter Bigelow. Fact, Bigelow, yes, Bigelow. Yeah. Mark Bigelow? No, it wasn't Mark. I want to say it was like John or something. Maybe it is, yeah. Matter of fact, the, the show's getting ready to start up again this month. What show? For Skinwalker Ranch. There's a show about Skinwalker they've got, Ranch? Dude, they've got some, you've seen this guy, he's a, he's a PhD scientist. He's working there. They're trying to figure out why this place has all these weird energies. Mm-hmm. And every time someone tries to dig, something bad happens. One of the guys got hit in the head with something, and he said it actually separated his scalp from his skull. And they believe it was microwave energy that did it. So somebody was shooting microwave energy at him when he was digging this hole out there, making his scalp separate from his skull. And that's what happened to all those cows. They were skinned with they, no blood. They don't anything. understand, bingo, what was going on. Yet they, they looked at some video, and there's a, some, something in the air that's above one of the cows when it drops over, and it can't get up. And there's it just hangs. Oh, there's video of it, dude. They, they, like I said, it's getting ready to start back up. They, were, they brought in ground-penetrating radar and found something that was about 4,200 feet long, about 20 feet under the ground. So they tried to drill down to it, and as soon as they tried to drill down to it, the ground started shaking. And the guy said, hey, check out that telephone pole there. The pole this was, was on a show? This was on a what show. What was the name of the show? Uh, Skinwalker Ranch. The show is called Skinwalker Ranch. It's, it's on the History Channel. The History Channel. It'll be, it starts up May 5th. Okay. Dude, it's great. It's got so much. This, these are scientists. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They're not they're t- telling you what you're looking at. They're just saying, hey, that's something. What is it? I wonder how much of it is like hyper-sensationalized just for TV and how much of it's actually legit. Well, I'm, I'm sure that, in that. It's, like, it's like everything else, man. I mean, you always in the... The you go into a commercial break with not telling him what the answer was to the because that guy Bigelow just did a podcast with Joe Rogan and I watched it because I'm like super into these UFOs. He's, he's there. He, he didn't say one thing about Skinwalker Ranch. Oh yeah, that that's crazy, dude. That's crazy because he's on. He's in the. He's in the video. He's on the. On I was the show. honestly kind of disappointed with that guy, John Bigelow, what he was talking about. I mean, he's like, he wasn't very lucid. I mean, I'll use like, the word drip. He's a drip. No, it didn't seem like that. It seemed like he was just kind of like. Not that, not there. You know right. what I mean? It seemed like, it just seemed like he wasn't as informed as you would like him to be. Or Dude, he didn't. When you see him in this, like he was, when he first got there, and they, they brought on the two new scientists, and he's, they start talking about digging. And he goes, oh no, there's not going to be any digging here. Every time we start digging, something bad happens. Yeah. And so he started with all the things. He goes, we're not going to talk about it right now, because I don't know where you guys are at on this. We're going to look at a few other things. Mm-hmm. And the scientist that was there actually went down to uh, this area where this, this energy is coming up out of the ground. And the energy got so heavy, he actually got sick to his stomach. He said, like, I don't know what's coming up through here. If this is electromagnetics that's coming up through here, but he got deathly ill. Mm-hmm. And all the phone batteries went dead. They couldn't, keep a, they couldn't keep a drone in the sky. They keep seeing something in the sky. So all these 
odd phenomena is going on. And what he's, they're trying to do now is they're putting cameras up in just about every square inch of the property so they cover everything and trying to figure out what's going on. Right. So, and it kind of ended last season on a note where they were, again, they had dug down about 20 feet and hit something. He goes, dude, the, whatever's down there, I can't get through it. Mm. I won't let me drill down any farther. And like I said, the ground started shaking because they looked up. He goes, hey, check out that telephone pole. And the telephone pole was swaying back and forth. What? So... He didn't know, and you've seen this guy on TV before. Once you see him in this flick, you've seen him before. So he brings a certain amount of reality to the show. Like, Mm. he's really looking for what it is. He's like, I'm not telling you anything until I see what it is. Right, right. And because the guy that owned the ranch before Bigelow um, said that he actually had material that was from extraterrestrial craft that he has locked in a warehouse. What was his name? Dang it, I can't think of his name right now. But he, he, when he sold it to Bigelow, he, he told them what was going on with the place. Mm-hmm. So whether it's, you know, again, is this a spiritual place because of the earth? You know, is this an earth movement thing? Is, it, is this related to Native Americans that lived there at one point in time? Because well, is it even, I, I want to see it. to be, I have to see this shit to believe it. Like, well, see, the skinwalker, the whole idea of the skinwalker is this is an individual that can morph into animals. And he's kind of a spirit. Uh, the Navajo really fear him. But for whatever reason, it's just attached to this, again, obviously the name Skinwalker Ranch, um, and has gotten the uh, strangest coverage because everybody tries to go in there and look at something, but they can't really do anything because the batteries go dead, the cameras die, or they, and then once the camera went dead, they couldn't record the event that was taking place. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be back on, I think it was May 4th, which is a Sunday, May 5th, and it's going to, uh, like I said, it's, again, all it's going to do is validate what we're, a lot of what we're talking about today. There's something bigger that's going on. Right. But the problem though is you can't really validate it because it's a TV show, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's like so great. It's so entertaining. And it sounds like you want to fucking believe it. It's so fun to watch and it's so fun to talk about. But just because it's because of the fact it's a fucking TV show. Sure. You can't validate. You're like, oh, it's a fucking TV show. Actually, it's the opposite. Because it's a TV show, now you can actually dismiss it. Sure. So he, like I say, they've done some things that are interesting. I mean, they brought some power meters on and look yeah. at the look at the, the this energy that's coming in. And when they triangulated it, he goes, "It's coming from above us. It's not on the ground. It's coming yeah. from above us." So they were trying to figure out how high it went up. So they actually made this balloon and attached this EMP device to it that could uh, uh, measure the amount of M, uh, uh, electromagnetic pulse that was coming down. Yeah, and got it to a certain point, and then it burned up and dropped out of the sky. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, the whole show is full of. Obviously, it's something interesting going on at the ranch, whether it's, you know, UFO related or if it's some sort of anomaly that the, you know, uh, that the property does because it's maybe more iron than not. Right. I don't know. But it's, it's like I say, man, it's coming back out. There's definitely some weird Great shit show. happening there. Oh, definitely some odd things that are going on. For me, again, that's really kind of the draw for it. Um, you know, but... So no. say, say, explain that again. Explain that again with the guy... With, with the guy who said, that's bullshit, I'm going to fucking dig anyway. Yeah, Thomas Winterton is one of the guys on the Skinwalker Ranch that actually works, he's a ranch hand. And as he got hired there, um, each of the ranch hands were told, listen, when you come onto the property, there's no digging. And he was like, well, why can't we dig? And the guy's like, because we don't want you digging. And he's like, well, I don't understand why we can't, I don't want you digging on the property. They didn't tell him there was anything spooky about it, didn't tell him it was anything UFO associated. They said, I don't care what you do on the property, but no digging. So he was putting up some fence posts, and after he, I guess, was with this thing for about 20 minutes to a half an hour, he's like, this is bullshit. I'm going to go get the bobcat real quick, and I'm going to drill a hole down here and put this post in the ground. So he went back and got it, came back up, 
started to uh, dig a hole mm-hmm. in the ground and got this excruciating pain in the back of his head. And he, they said it was, he was nauseated. He didn't feel good. It was almost immediate. So he left, um, got back home, realized that there was something bigger going on. So they brought him to the hospital. Yeah. And when they brought him to the hospital, they took an x-ray of his skull. And literally on the right-hand backside of his skull was a knot. But they couldn't figure out what that knot was from. Well, then as they x-rayed it, the scalp was actually coming off of the skull. Mm. And had looked like a, almost like a, an area where fluid had filled up. And the doctor was looking at me going, I've never seen this before. How did this happen? And he's like, I was on this field digging, and all of a sudden I got a pain in the back of my head, and here I am. What's up, world? You just watched a clip from one of our exclusive Patreon episodes. That's right. You can get weekly, pure, uncut content straight from the jungles of Columbia. If you want to watch the full episode, make sure you go to patreon.com slash concrete videos. Peace.